everybody. This is The Simpsons Show. I'm Robbie with my co-host Matt, and we are here to talk about The Simpsons from the beginning. Matt, how are you? Well, I was good until you forced me to watch this episode, and so we absolutely couldn't skip it. And hey, everyone, uh, I know you thought 2020 was bad, and it was, but in many ways, this future is worse. This, this 2013 is worse. <sighs> not going to yell, Matt. You're not going to yell. I'm not going to yell. He has promised me he will not yell. I will not be yelling this episode. Not, no yelling. I got to save that. Hi, guys. We are brought to you by supporters on Patreon. You can support us by going to patreon.com slash The Simpsons Show. You can, uh, for $2 a month, you can listen to all of our back bonus podcasts, upcoming, future. It's, it's great for times like this because you can listen to good episodes that we talk about. Uh, I mean, I like to think that all of our podcasts have, you know, value. Matt, even I mean, that's true. If we... But if you want to listen to something more positive and uplifting, we oh, usually whatever. the bonus episode They're, is better. Matt, if they want that, they are not here. They're not hearing you say that. They don't want if they want okay, positive fair. uplifting, they stopped listening a while ago. Hi guys. Like six seasons. Mm, yeah. This week's episode is Future Drama. Episode GABF twelve originally aired April seventeenth, two thousand and five, written by Matt Selman, who usually writes good episodes. Uh directed by Mike B. Anderson with a five rating eight eight point three million viewers. The couch gag several uh, I love the Wikipedia description of this. The Simpsons are Transformers. That's that's what it, the 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 Wikipedia description of this is. Several toy-like forms of transportation come into the living room only to change into the family. I'm like they're, tra- they're Transformers. The, the Simpsons are Transformers. It's not bad. Mm-hmm. I like it. Even it, it's it's relatively fresh. Yeah, Robbie. I just want to point out to you before we get started that this episode uh, screen rant uh, from two years ago has a list of the five best future episodes and the five worst. Guess which one this one is on. I don't know, Matt. I don't know anymore. Best? <gasps> okay. Best. It is. It is. Yeah, I know. That's I'm yeah, I'm aware that people like this. Uh I don't know why. Uh <laughs> I I'm trying to I really have I was gonna Okay. Episode guest stars Amy Poehler as Jenda. I like Amy Poehler. Amy Poehler's great. Mm-hmm. This character is nothing. She's there to be a uh, object for Bart to want and to dump him because he has no ambition because it's Bart. Of course, he doesn't. He doesn't have. Okay. The episode also briefly guest stars John DiMaggio as Bender. Bender briefly appears in the episode. Uh, title briefly. episode title obviously is a reference to Futurama. That question, Matt. People seem to like this episode, uh, and I eat on the forums. They really, 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 really like it. You know, the forums are not always necessarily representative of people in general, but the IND rate, B rating for this episode is pretty good. It's on a lot of these. Oh, it's it's a pretty good future. They consider this one of the better future episodes. And all my my question over and over again is, why do I hate this? Why do I why was I rolling my eyes the entire time? Why? And that's the answer we're going to have to figure out today. That's true, because it, it doesn't come down to. Is it because the future predictions are stupid or because this lacks jokes entirely? Which of those is it? Or something new? I had a mouthful of coffee. I almost did a spit take. Um, the episode begins with Bart and Lisa teasing each other about them like loving adults. Like, oh, there's your boyfriend. They point at comic book guy for Lisa. Oh, there's your boyfriend. I don't get I don't get this, Matt. Yeah, I, I vaguely recall this as something that people used to do uh when they were younger, but it I, just mm. I get it for like your 
peers. Like you would make you do like you tease a, ch- a kid like you tease someone if they like they have a crush on a girl and be like, oh, there's your girlfriend. Something like that. Not with adults. I don't know. That's weird. Um, but it there is. I did pull a clip for this because it is the one time I did laugh in this episode. Yeah. Well, you love Mole Man. No, you do. You're gay for Mole Man. You're gay for Mole Man. No one's gay for Mole Man. Where are we? You're gay for Mole Man. Bart, Lisa, welcome. I've been expecting you. Oh, your gasps are appropriate because I have perfectly predicted the future. No one's gay for Mole Man, sadly saying no one's gay for Mole Man. I mean, there's a reason that's one of the more popular Simpsons memes. <laughs> yeah, that's the one. I laughed at that. Um, you didn't laugh when Frank took down the Ann Maggie? No, Matt. Okay, I didn't good. laugh Just at anything. Sure you have a sense of humor still. I didn't laugh at anything involving Frank or this machine. Which uses astrology. Uh, uh, I, I, I don't know what's happening. Okay, so... This is just a setup for how do the kids see the future at this time? You know, in the I went back and rewatched Lisa's wedding, Matt. You mean a good future episode? The best one there is. The only good one? Mm, not the I hmm, that's debatable, but it is certainly the best. And I'm I watched that I'm like, okay, I know I like Lisa's wedding. Why do I like this and I can't stand anything that's happening? In this in this episode in future drama, and I think it starts with this machine where it like literally they, they fall into Frank's lab, and I like I'll get give him that it starts quickly like it's literally Bart and Lisa they have one bit and then they fall into the lab and we start the plot. There's not a lot of meandering around with the kids or whatever. That's a plus. Yes, it's real. It's really quick because you have to get into it because so much happens in the future. Right. So that's good. But Frank, I whenever you whenever you have a machine, I know. Okay, okay, I know. I know that I shouldn't be holding the Simpsons to a higher, like a higher science fiction level of standards. But here. Futurama was on at the same time as this. Right. And Futurama did hold itself to high science fiction standards with, like, paradoxes. High standards in general. (laughs) Yes, and better standards in general. But, like, it knew, it it was like, if we're going to use time travel, we're going to start, you know, using paradoxes and stuff like that. We have to be serious about it. The moment, like, this episode it treats one this machine is insane the fact that frank frank has this he has a i have so many it just it raises so many questions like okay so frank has a machine that could tell the future accurately tell the future right this is not i mean we get the idea that he thinks maggie's going to be there i guess i don't know maybe that's so just obviously his machine isn't perfect isn't perfect why wouldn't you why wouldn't he just close the the window the kids never fall in, and then he uses the machine to, like, get a lottery, win the lottery or something. Well, Frank is in it for the science, obviously. More uh, money. In it for the money. More money equals more science, man. 
I mean, that's true, but obviously he built this machine in his basement without really trying very hard. So money is obvious. He, he can make do with what he has. Okay. I mean, so, you know, he's not like those storm chasers who are in it for the money and get sucked up by tornadoes. I saw it in that documentary, Twister. Exactly. I don't know how that comes out equals money chasing tornadoes, but obviously it does. Just like Frank's machine. Right. So, fine. This machine is ridiculous. It is absurd. And the very fact that it exists precludes it from existing or precludes everything that happens in the future. Because as soon as you tell Bart and Lisa and show them what they do as teenagers, show them mistakes they make, guess what they're going to do? They're going to do different things. They're not going to behave the same as they would. Unless they don't pay attention to it like Bart does not. No, but I mean, even by the end, Bart is watching that. Like, it's it doesn't. Okay. True, yeah. Okay. But then we jump to the future. All right. Let's. Okay. All that crap about the thing not working. Okay. Sure. We jump to the future. First thing we see, Matt. First thing we see. This is uh, something I keyed in on when I was watching Lisa's wedding. Um, when Lisa sees the future, quote unquote, because mm-hmm. Lisa doesn't see the future in Lisa's wedding. Uh, a fortune teller is there and is telling her the story of the future of her first love. Right. And 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 the other one, uh, uh Bart to the future. They, uh, one of the more amusing future episodes, Bart is told this by a uh, Native American shaman who shows him his vision in a fire. I think this is the first time we see a future episode that is literally Frank saying, hey, this is your future. I'm showing the real future to you. Right. Um, so, but the, I, I, I keyed on this because I think, it, I think, I think, I don't know, but I do think that this is one of the things why I don't. I don't like this episode is the first thing we see in Lisa's wedding. When we see the future is a bunch of robots walking, but then it is revealed that they are Tin men auditioning for wizard of Oz, which is a great gag. Very good gag. And the first thing we see is, is okay. It is the future 15 years in the future, by the way, Lisa's wedding came out in 1995. It's set in 20, 2010. 15 years mm-hmm. in the future. Lisa is in college at this point. Lisa is 23 in in Lisa's wedding in the future. Right. This episode takes place eight years in the future. Comes out 2005. Really, it, it, it presupposes it's 2013. Right. Eight years in the future. Eight. Mm-hmm. I want to keep that in mind. Eight years. Less than 10. Less than a decade away. Um, And the first thing we see is... A garbage man in a spaceship. A close encounter of the third kind spaceship. Yes. Who is flying around to pick up trash with it. Mm-hmm. And if this I mean, was... if Elon Musk had his druthers, that would have happened. Every space, every area, uh, a trash person would be on a, a Falcon 9, obviously. They go up to space, come back down, you know, just landing over and over again. Yes, of course. I, it's just... 2013 guys like 2013 they treat this and i think this goes for a lot of different stuff in this in this in this in this version of the future there is just so where they didn't go is this even close to possible they just went oh this is the future so we'll write anything we want they treat it like a a what if episode they treat it like a futurama episode that's really what they Mm do and i don't like any of it do we do we know if matt selman ever wrote for futurama i don't think he did okay don't believe so could be wrong. I'm not checking. Uh, I could check. Here, I'll check. We'll get an answer. I know there'll be people screaming at their 
their iPods or whatever if we don't their iPods. Yeah, their iPods. Uh, <laughs> yep, their iPods. I mean, I'm sure does Apple hey, still it, make a it, I think they have they make one. I think there's okay. one <laughs> uh they still do. I'm not sure. No, he's never he never has. Okay. He he wor- he's worked only on the Simpsons from I mean, it's a full it is a, more than a full-time job probably. Um uh, yes, there is still an iPod Touch being sold. There you go. Um I have an iPod Touch. It's that's nice. Um, oh god, it runs an A10. That's old. Oh wow. What's not? Let's not. Let's not. Okay. Okay. Right, let's right. not do this. So yeah, there's there there is just a. We're not going to name every single one, but there are just so many things in this in this eight years in the future where the, they have just said, oh yeah, any technology exists. As oh, we, yeah, because obviously scientists have invented magic. So, you know, you, anything can exist. Even if it seems sci-fi, it's from magic. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and as Mars is about to tell us, uh, we get uh, kind of uh, introduction to the status quo in this future in which it is prom night. And Lisa and Bart are getting prepared. Oh, it's so great. We can do anything now that scientists have invented magic. I'm so proud of you. Lisa graduating two years early. And Bart... Graduating. <laughs> what I miss? What I miss? Homer, we're separated now. You can't just walk in without knocking. Well, maybe I was partying so hard with my single friends last night, I forgot the rules. Could you please stop fighting in front of us? Why is it messing you up? <laughs> Homer, just settle down. We just got a postcard from Maggie. She's really enjoying Alaska. Stupid wildlife. Serves them right. Lisa, your date's here. Hey, Lisa. Millhouse. Oh, I've been turning him down for the prom since kindergarten. Uh, yes, you relented at age 12 when he pulled you out of a house fire, which you later found out he started. You should have seen the look on your face. In fact, here it is. Did we really need to go back into the frame story for this? It's a lot of very, a lot, I don't know, it is very self-indulgent, Matt. I think that's the other thing. Another another thing, not the only other thing. There's a lot of things that get my, get my, uh, get my, get my goat. That's it. Get my goat. Um, Very self-indulgent. Very like, oh, look at us. We're making a joke. You're like, guys, just make the joke. You don't have to call attention. Um, Right. Why is it's just a lot of whys like why then why would lisa date him at all like if he started a fire like it's just you're like why you're just making a joke and then you're like the all of lisa's wedding is building is building to one central thing about lisa choosing her family over hugh and this episode's about bart and lisa i guess i guess but it doesn't really good a job do a good job of contrasting them at all they're just both going to prom. They both have dates. We don't know. And like Bart is so obsessed with having with Jenda. And you're like, we don't know anything about Jenda. She's just whoever Bart has decided to be with. She is a girl. She is Bart's girlfriend. What is Jenda? Who is Jenda? Why does Bart love her so much? We don't know. We are just told this stuff. Um, Marge and Homer separated. Another thing I hate. One of the best things about all the other, a lot of the other future episodes is it's just old I really I like seeing old Marge and Homer together. Like that's yeah, a- like if you want to, uh, if if you want to 
add some substance to this. Add some substance. Don't just make it, yeah, they separated after all these years. They're not even divorced. They're just separated. I mean, they're separated. It makes it easier for them to get back together, Matt. That's literally it. Um, yeah. Maggie is still not a baby. I don't know why you wrote Maggie's still a baby. Maggie is not a baby. Maggie is an older person. But she'll never, uh, she's been eating uh, too many uh, genetically modified foods. So obviously, she'll never grow up from a baby. That's that's the explanation they'll come up with. <sighs> no, the, she's in Alaska, but there's, it's hot there. beach now because it's hot. That's fine. Of, you know, I don't mind change. that. I don't mind that. That's fine. Um, Milhouse is Lisa's date. Jenda is Bart. We go to prom. That's it. We go to prom. Um, why is Skinner, they're in high school. Why is Skinner the, the president, the, the president, the principal? He's at the principal of the elementary school. Why would they still have Because him? they didn't want to bother having someone else? What happened to Dundelinger? I'm what? sure he's or, dead by then. Or, it's eight. Okay, man. Eight. I, okay, I said I wasn't going to yell. It's eight years. I want to repeat that huh? over and over and over again. All of every adult in this world suddenly looks like they're 30 years older. Like they're covered in wrinkles. They have gray hair. You know, like it's been eight years, dude. Eight years. They don't go suddenly. Well, a lot look, has happened in those eight years. A lot of stress was involved. I mean, like Skinner, you know. eight, Skinner, what is like 42, 45? He'd be in his early 50s. You don't mm-hmm. suddenly, like, you'd have a couple more wrinkles, but you don't. I, I know people in their 50s. They're not like, they're not elderly. <laughs> I don't know, Robbie. I mean, obviously, they must have had their Trump presidency earlier because I feel like I've aged at least 15 years in the last four. That's the other, that's another that's a separate future episode, Matt. Um, that's I mean, not no, this one. Fortunately, Kearney is the vice principal. It's been eight years. Why is Kearney would still. <laughs> None of this makes any Kearney, sense. Kearney wasn't what? Let's see. Marginally, Kearney was in fifth grade. So therefore, he would have graduated high school the previous year. And now somehow he's the vice president. I'm pretty sure you need a college degree to be a vice I, president. The, vice, vice principal, not vice. They're not president. That's the, again. Oh, sorry. Vice different... Sorry. Cletus is the vice president. Cletus is the vice vice president. I don't know why either. Um, it doesn't make any sense. Uh, Ralph gets drugged by uh, Nelson, I think, but some future, like everything is so ridiculous. There is no, like a part of the charm here. I keep going back to Lisa's wedding because again, I know I like Lisa's wedding. A part of the charm of Lisa's wedding is there are fantastical elements sprinkled in, you know, like, Oh, Hugh's servants are robots, uh, and things like that. But it's, all there's always a level of mundanity to all of it it's all very everything's low and common the simpsons marge and homer still live in their old house and they're they have a you know they have an extra room but it's just a piece of crap that homer built on there's not like there's no houses under the sea they're like they still drink soda there's not it's not crazy um the most crazy food item in lisa's wedding is a, a soy bar which is a thing we actually do have now. Yeah. I'm sure half of our candy bars are filled with soy, and they don't tell you that. Yes. Um, but we learn Lisa and Jinder are in the bathroom talking. We learn that Lisa has gotten a scholarship to Yale. She's gotten Burns' scholarship to because Burns stole Christmas, I guess, and never gave it a, gave it back. <laughs> another here, another gag I thought was clever. That was that one where Lisa goes, I miss Christmas. That's like, I like, that's a fun thing that Burns just stole Christmas one year and it's just, they've never had Christmas. I'll, I'll give him that one. Uh, Yale is owned by McDonald's now, or at least sponsored by them. 
That's true. Because Yale doesn't have you know billions of dollars in an endowment. Oh, uh, Matt, Matt this episode time. again. This episode is just not interested in reality in any way. And that's true. I and again, and I think that is another reason I don't like it. Is like even in Lisa's wedding, sure, it's fantastical at times, but it is still there is it's there's still a sense of reality in that this world is treated like it's a real place where real people live not service to oh we have a joke for the situation so we're going to change reality around it um but this is setting up the stakes of this episode basically where lisa's going to yale that's her plans for the future they're about to graduate lisa is going to go to college um bart really doesn't have any plans and that's not a bad idea for a future this high school graduation prom episode but basically um we basically jump to the after prom's over and Bart and Jenda are in a limo driven by Otto. Otto is a bad driver and immediately stops the limo and jumps off a cliff because he's on drugs. I guess that's, I think mm-hmm. that, I think that's all that, that's all that joke is, is like he's on drugs. That's all it is. So he jumps off a cliff. Um, I will also mention Lisa's wedding. Otto owns a cab company and Quimby drives for him on the cab company and I think there is a general kind of optimism about the town, you know, in Lisa's wedding. And I think there is a general cynicism in this episode about it. It, it feels like yeah. things are only, have only gotten worse for everyone. Um, and the people who are in power have stayed in power. I don't know. I think that does. I think that does influence my feeling. So we cut to, uh, it's not make, what do they call it? It's not make out point. It's, I forget what they call the little conception point or something yeah like that. that's it that's it um where bart and jenda are there and bart bart has a proposal for jenda jenda i think we're ready to go all the way but i'm a little nervous bart don't be nervous sex on prom night is as american as our 51st state saudi israelia jenda that's not what i meant i love you will you marry me <sighs> That's really sweet. But marriage is a three-year commitment. I mean, do you even know what you're going to do with your life? I've got it all figured out. You can waitress while I learn to cut meat. We'll live in a trailer, but to avoid paying for parking, I'll drive while you sleep. We'll never, ever stop. Bart, I hate to say this, but I think I outgrew you. When? Just this minute. Hmm. Okay, lovebirds, break it up. Hey, this one's alone. <laughs> what a loser. Oh, yeah, you want some chicken? Just grab it with your hands. Go ahead. We're not fancy here. There's a large amount wrong with this. Um, I mean, we'll start with Saudi Israelia. Uh, then we'll move on to marriage day three, your commitment. And finally, cyborg policemen with chickens in the middle. I, what? I just... I will I will repeat uh, again. Eight years in the future. Eight years. Uh uh-huh. and they have cyborg policemen. And it, you know, if you could go if you go thirty years in the future, you can I would I would say, yeah, do whatever you want. You know, like it's even fifteen years and Lisa's wedding, I'm like, okay, fifteen years, that's a good amount. But eight? And you're like cyborg policemen and we have a fifty first state, I guess which is a some weird Middle Eastern thing. Um and th- like marriage suddenly has changed to a three-year commitment you're like oh, guys eight years from now like maybe i'm just older you know now that i'm in my mid-30s i'm like eight years is not a 
in, not an unimaginable stretch of time for me. Maybe when I when I was twelve, eight years seemed like eternity. When I'm thirty five, eight years is like okay, that's my early forties, but that's not a crazy amount of time from now. I can picture eight years from now. Um, maybe it's that. But cyborg policeman. Also, yeah, Jenda. Also, Matt. Here, the other part of this, Jenda is one hundred percent correct. Oh yes, like getting married immediately after high school is a bad idea for pretty much anything they're still in high school they haven't graduated yet that's true they haven't graduated yet they want to get bart wants to get married i mean they'd be engaged in high school technically but still like this is an incredibly bad idea yes like bart doesn't have ambition jenda shouldn't marry him if bart needs to figure stuff out which is fine but he shouldn't do that while married and why do why does he love? He says he loves Jenda, Matt. Why? Uh, I think what they're getting at here is Bart is immature and thinks that he loves her. I'm hoping that's what they're trying to I, say. I would have to assume that's what it is. It's just it's you know oh we're we're in high school we're dating I love you. It's that simple. You know like I'm with you so I love you. And he hasn't you know lived very long so he's like no this is what I want I want to marry this person that I've known for a year and. Uh, we aren't adults yet, but I want to marry you. Um, we go to commercial at eight minutes and three seconds. Long, okay. long, long first act. Long first act. Uh, almost half the episode. Uh, we come back. Uh, it turns out we find out why Marge dumped Homer. And it was because he spent all their money on an underwater house. Literally. Just, he lives on underwater now. Um, so, yeah. Um, Bart is there. Uh, he is commiserating with Homer over gender rejecting his proposal. Uh, they decide Homer decides that, that oh they're gonna go out like single guys and have fun, uh, but it requires three hours of decompression, which means that this house under the sea is really under the sea. I I mean that's that's almost off the continental shelf requiring three hours of decompression, like that is way out there. Matt, they didn't. So I can see why Marge would. <laughs> Matt, they didn't think about that whatsoever. They had this I know, joke. I know. They don't think they didn't know they didn't care about how deep the underwater house is or. They just went, oh, three hours. That's a funny joke. Then they're just going to sit yep. there. There you go. Also, uh, once they're out uh, after their decompression, Homer has a hover car uh, that constantly hits the ground. Uh, it's a, again, it's the first hover car. It was bad. It's a bad. Yes, yes. It, it's bad, yes, uh, because they would be allowed to put out something like that, and you would be allowed to drive a hover car that's constantly hitting the ground in eight years. In eight years. They also next go through a tunnel, a quantum tunnel, which means it's not a real tunnel. Somehow it scrambles their, you know, atomic states and they just pop out the other side with Bender for some reason. I, I. Do you remember Bender? Yeah, okay. You remember Bender? Remember Bender? He's in that better show than this one. Blackjack and Hookers. Uh huh. Yeah, exactly. Uh, um, so. It, I don't uh, know. It's just, they're, again, they just, eight years in the future. They're just like, oh, whatever. It doesn't matter. It's the future, so it can be anything. We don't have to adhere to, yeah, you know, reality. Exactly. So we'll get on to the slightly more believable part. Uh, Mo has a clone, uh, <laughs> exactly himself. Uh, slightly more believable. Still fight over which one is the clone. Slightly more believable. I mean, man. you could you could make a clone of a human being today, uh, mm. more or less. Mm. I mean, they probably wouldn't be great, but Mo would be a great subject. No one, no one would know whether he was messed up. They wouldn't be great. I like that, Matt. That's nice. You're like, yeah, they wouldn't be great, but they could do it. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, I would yeah. not, I would not be volunteering for that. 
Ooh, God, no. Uh, we we're a long way from should they have clones, but, you know, it, it's possible. Cloning sheep, go for it. Humans, mm, you probably have some, some you know, maybe bugs not. to work out. Yeah, maybe not do that. Uh, yeah, so we get jokes of, of Mo and his clone not knowing which one is the clone, blah, blah, blah. Uh, we then eventually get to the point where Homer has found some women for Bart and him to talk to. And, uh, yeah... Son, say hello to Edna. Yeah, that's my fourth grade teacher. <laughs> Oopsie. Hi, Mrs. K. <laughs> this is sure weird, huh? Want it to get weirder? Uh, I don't think so. Good call, Bart. We can both do better. <sighs> I wish I could talk to my fourth grade self just once. I'd say, work hard. Don't be such a screw-up. This time is so precious. Don't waste it. Bart, maybe you should listen to this. No, now I have to start over. Yeah, I get it, because Bart wasn't paying attention to the part where his future self said he should be paying attention. Also, it's really sad to see Edna in the future and knowing that that's not going to happen. I, I, I Again, the way that Miss Hoover and Edna look here, they look like they're 65 years old. It's been eight years. How old is Masuver in the present? Uh, I believe she's supposed to be in her mid-30s, as we found out in a recent yeah. uh, new Mi- episode. Right. She is, she's our age, so she'd be in her early 40s at this point, which you're. she's not an old lady. Even Edna would be 50, maybe. She's, they're not old lady. They're not elderly. They're not grandmas. Why do they look like this? Did my not am I not supposed to think about it? Am I supposed to simply go, oh, it's the future, so they're old. I guess. Okay, that's all. Anyway. I, that's all I'm saying, man. Yeah, I know, I know. That's that's where I'm at too. Um, again, sad, sad to see Ed in the future. Now that we know that that's not going to happen, uh, we then uh, cut back to Lisa saying she broke up with Millhouse. Uh, Millhouse has become the Hulk, uh, talking in abbreviated sentences that make no sense. Uh, he's also uh, beating up the cops and destroying everything because I guess he's been steroided out, as we could see. That's what steroids do. That's what they do. They make you they make you super dumb and go crazy, super aggressive. Uh, Lisa, meanwhile, encourages Bart uh, to you know show some initiative, show, get a job, uh, show Jenda that he has the ability to you know actually think about his future. And then we see that Marge is dating Krusty. Where will this go, you ask? Absolutely nowhere. They uh, had they had a joke, Matt. That's why. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh, Bart gets a job at the Quickie Mart, uh, which is still run by Apu, who is now obviously in his 80s with a beard down to his knees, uh, where his kids are now in, in hovering pack, hover packs, uh, telling Bart what to do, calling him a racist cracker. Yeah, that's... Because they're entitled American kids. I... I don't like that. I don't like I any like of this. Either. I don't like any of this. I don't like why, like they're, they're children. Why are they like, they have, why aren't they in school? Like, I don't get it. Why are they, why are they like, are you telling me a poo like employs them as like workers, but they're also wearing jetpacks. Like, yeah, they can afford that. Like it doesn't, it just in if any moment it just is not real there's no reality here there is nothing there is no and if if you'll think that's another thing out here on the laundry list of things that bother me about this episode must not bother anyone else because it seems like a lot of people really like this it goes out of its way to show us all these different characters you're like 
I don't care. Like, I don't need to see a poo in eight years from now. It's fine. Like, just let me focus on Bart and Lisa. Like, what's the... Why Why are Apu's kids here yelling at Bart? Like, I don't care. Like, it's not funny. Okay. So, yes. Uh, Apu comes in, tells Bart he has a delivery, and he has to go through one of the forbidden zones. Apparently, it's the there are lots of them. Uh, this is the one with the uniclams, I believe is what he calls them, uh, which are just clams with wings. They're but, guarding... Uh, luckily, they're, uh, they're, what? <laughs> what, what, what? What? I don't know. What, what is happening? I'm not yelling. None of right? us do, Robbie. I'm not yelling. I'm not yelling. I am just. It's just. I'm presented a scene where Bart is, or where where Bart is running. I guess delivering something to Mr. Burns' house, and he's being chased by dozens of little clams with wings. Yep. And I, I don't know what is happening. Like I, I, I like literally. I just don't under. They are just showing you something that is so baffling that I'm just confused. Like, what is going on? Is this just supposed to be like, oh, it's a weird science fiction thing. Don't think about it. It's fantasy. Yep. Okay. All right. All right. So Bart manages to get through the uniclams uh, to deliver some to Mr. Burns, but he finds Mr. Burns tied up, who is apparently being robbed by Snake. Luckily for Bart, uh, Snake gets a call on his phaser slash cell phone, which I can see that. You know, that's the most believable part of this episode is that someone would put some kind of energy weapon on a phone. Uh, unfortunately, Snake's phone doesn't look like a smartphone. It looks like an old school, you know, cell phone. Uh, Bart is able to use the giant diamond that's nearby to knock Snake out and save Mr. Burns. Uh, Mr. Burns wants to uh, thank Bart, but uh, yeah, it, it goes badly. Oh, blessed urchin, how can I reward you? Uh, with the diamond? No, sorry. My diamonds are going to be retromorphed into coal, the most valuable substance on Earth. I know. I'll send you to Yale with the Monty Burns Scholarship. I can't take your scholarship. It's going to my sister. It would break her heart. Don't be so quick to say no. The ladies love an Ivy Leaguer. They do? Oh, yeah. Once I home invaded this Princeton dude, and he was, like, totally married. Ugh. Well, I guess an intensive four-year Bachelor of Arts program is the easiest way to get Jenda back. Hello, Smithers. Nice of you to drop by. After my life was saved. Sir, you knew I was on a date. Mr. Smithers? I thought you were, you know, uh... Haha, <laughs> no, I'm straight. As long as I take these injections every ten minutes. I love boobies! So... Yeah. Yeah. I... What is... Okay. Mm-hmm. All right, Matt. Mm-hmm. All right. So, okay. I'm, I'm struggling here. Oh, I there's so much here that hurts. Isn't I, it? it is so crazy to me. How... You, if you're listening and you like this, it, it, how can you defend this? Uh, This where... Okay, so... We have a situation where Lisa is got is going to yell because she has the scholarship and now Bart can get it. It doesn't work like that. You don't just get because you have a scholarship doesn't mean you just get to go to a college. You have to the college has to accept you. Mm-hmm. And, and getting the scholarship is easily revoked. Uh, I mean, obviously, it's a Monty Burns scholarship, so he could make sure that it doesn't get revoked. Uh, but the college could kick you out for being doing a poor job. So I yeah I don't yeah you know, like and why does Burns care if Bart takes Bart takes the scholarship? Burns is like no you should take it. I'm like well why does Burns doesn't know that Bart 
is having trouble with his girlfriend. <laughs> He's just an old man, an old rich man who has unit clams outside. Um, it's all very contrived. This is all very contrived. I I can see, I can see your work. I can see the work of the writers. I can see them like, oh well, we need to have this set up, so this is what we do. There's, it doesn't feel natural. Doesn't feel earned. Um, I'm gonna say here. I'll also say, when you have a scene where you have a gay man become straight when he gets injections, that is very bad. Uh, it because you are implying that. I don't know. They, I don't know. Honestly, I'm not sure what they're trying to say because they're like, oh, yes, I, I just get take these injections every, what did he say, 10 minutes? 10 minutes. I, I will say the one thing that I appreciate about this is it, it doesn't try to make it out like being gay is a choice. That is something at least. But it is implying that it's something that could be like cured with extreme pain and with a lot of upkeep. And you're like, I... Like, are you making a joke about how, why people would do such a thing? Is that it's so ingrained? And it's 2005. I'm at this point, like, can't. And like, here, more of this, there's more of this cynicism. Where, why it's in the future. Why can't Smithers just have a husband or something? Right. That's, that's if it's eight years away, you saw that's the way society was trending. You went with the the worst option, right? Like I, I I live in the future, we live in the future now, and uh, you gay gay men can get married, and this chose the other path, the the more cynical, upsetting thing, and I and basically everything in this episode is kind of that, where it's just like the future, it's not optimistic, it's it's pessimistic, and maybe it's just my frame of mind right now, but I'm not, I don't want that. I want I want the future where Smithers can just have a husband, like make a joke about his husband. I don't know. Yeah, that would be fine. That would be more than happy is to say, oh, you know, Smithers has a husband now. Great. We have come out and openly acknowledge that Smithers is gay, which is something they still really, I, I mean, barely do, quite frankly. And it, it would have been a wonderful thing to do. It's, it would be one. I don't even want to say joke, but heartwarming character driven moment in this extremely odd episode. Mm hmm. Uh, they don't do that. Which, by the way, we go to commercial after this. Fifteen minutes, eleven seconds, seven. Um, we have graduation, so they're finally here graduating. Um, Homer fights with Krusty when he sees Marge and Krusty are dating. Okay, sure. Um, I don't know why Marge would date Krusty, but sure. Um, Bart graduates. Skinner finally insults Bart. Sort of. That's the joke. Sort of. They're having a graduation party at Homer's under the sea. Under the sea. Everything's better down where it's wetter. Um, so all the, I guess all the, all the kids, all the teenagers, all the high schoolers are there. I guess. I don't really know. Um, it doesn't, I'm not sure why they're, I think, I here, I think this is the only reason they had this, that they had the party at Homer's, Matt. I think. Uh, because we get a scene with Nelson, who has been dating Sharon Terry, who uh, we see them earlier at prom. They were both pregnant, both of them, by by Nelson, and now they have had given they have given birth to children, and we get a scene with Nelson and his and his children, 
Yo, Bart! Good to see her back with Jenda. Hey, Nelson. What's up with your girlfriends? Oh, they each had twins. <laughs> Listen, girls, um, I'm going out for a pack of cigarettes. Isn't that what your father said the day he left you? Yeah, I never understood why he did it. Till now. I'm coming, Papa! <laughs> so, Matt, you can't hear this in the clip, but... Nelson leaves on the back of a sea turtle. Uh-huh. Where earlier in this very same episode, they had Homer Bart and... three hours of decompression. Bart needed three hours of decompression. Nelson just leaves on the back of a sea turtle. How do they get down there, by the way? Is there a submarine? Is there an elevator? Like, what's going on? Who knows? Okay. So, yeah, Nelson... And also, like, again, cynical. Nelson abandoning his new children. Yeah, basically they're saying that, hey, all the bad things you thought about every Simpsons character, they're going to come true. Don't worry. Um, Bart, because of his new scholarship, he has gotten Jenda back. Okay. Why? Why does he... Why does... Is this what... It's all Jenda wanted was know that Bart is going to go to college? Is that what it took? Yes. Okay. So, Jenda just wants to have sex with Bart. That's all that she wants. Which is fine. It's... I mean... I don't know what, like, that's the thing. Like, Bart is a high school boy. Like, what is going on? Where Bart's just like, nah, I'm distracted. You're like, what? Why? Why is he just like, oh, because he's, a, like, because of Lisa? Like, we don't, uh, who? So, um, Bart and Jenda end up at Frank's house again. Somehow. It's just there. It's abandoned. Frank has hung himself, by the way. He his his he's just his skeleton is there. Like no has no no one has checked on Frank and he, he's a skeleton. His flesh is gone. Like no one. What world do we live in where bot dead bodies are abandoned? I mean, it's Frank. Maybe he has no friends and <laughs> no one bothered to check on him, and he just died there. And no one no one cared. Okay, I mean, but it's there's literally he's just a bone white skeleton. How long does that take? More than eight years. A long time. Uh, <laughs> again. <laughs> This is this. I think this is the thing that made me kind of like go crazy. I think this is when I texted you officially. Like, this is when I texted you while I was watching this, where they now Bart is in Frank's house and looks into the future in the future. <laughs> how how does he do that? I, I, I don't know. Does that. Is this supposed to be is okay, I'm gonna ask you, do you think this is implying that Bart knew about this machine already? Or did he just stumble upon it in the future? I think it has to be that he stumbled upon it in the future. In this reality, in this future, Frank never told Bart and Lisa about their futures, and that's that's why he's here. I I don't know. If then how does he know that there's a machine there that looks into the future? Frank's Frank's dead. It's not like there's an instruction manual lying around. It's just a big well, machine. Obviously, there's a button that just says "Look into the future." It doesn't. <laughs> Frank's very good at UI design. Obviously. How does he? Do... And Bart just dials right into Lisa's far future. <laughs> it just. It's a it's a a giant paradox, by the way. Like the very fact that Frank has shown them this future means that Bart already knows that that stuff is there. So this would have never happened. 
But now he's looking in the future again to s- like it's just a bunch of Deus Ex Machina. That's all this is. It's very much like oh, we need something to know that uh, Bart sees the future and sees that Lisa's life will turn out bad. Also, man, I'm gonna ask: like, Are there not college loans? Are there not college loans in the future? In no, the eight of years, not. in so the eight years, well, not with McDonald's. McDonald's uh, requires cash up front. Okay, like Lisa could just take out a loan. It's not. I don't know if it's a good idea, but she could do that to go to Yale. And then pay it off, presumably with yeah, a good career. She got in, so it's not really a problem for her, right? Okay, so Bart sees this bad future for Lisa, where she's married to Millhouse and everything's ups- everything's bad. You know, I was thinking of taking a poetry class at the community college. Forget it. I had to sell all my marrow to pay the light bill. <laughs> I didn't have much marrow. I can't let that happen. I gotta go. Listen, Bart, if you leave me now, I can guarantee one thing about your future. I won't be in it. Not going to Yale isn't the end of the world. Yeah, I'm starting to see that. No, I mean you're screwed. Your only hope is to clutch at straws. Straws, you've always loved you. Really? Really. Can I kiss you? Um, have you eaten onions lately? No, and it's really hard because I'm on an all-onion diet. Mm-hmm. Well, okay. I guess this is my destiny. What are you doing? Keeping Lisa from destroying her life. Come on, let her destroy it. Carl, can you pull me out? Sorry, we're ghosts now. Our spirits live in those two trees. Or maybe we're alive and we just feel like jerking you around. Or maybe we're one of each. (laughs) (sighs) At least Milhouse got what was coming to him because in this future, Milhouse is a real jerk. He's a real bad person. But I, why are Lenny and Carl here? It is again like, oh, well, obviously remember, they needed ghosts in the future because they invented magic. I want to repeat this. I remember I said it a hundred times. Eight years, Matt. Why are they look like they're in their 60s? They'd be slightly older. Um, this And this is also get like a lot of questions like minority report questions of like uh, predestination and stuff like that. You're like how we don't really know the future. It's impossible. Mm-hmm. Uh, but everyone in this episode acts like Everything they see in any of these machines is 100% clad, and they have a destiny. And Bart is rescuing Lisa. I'm like, from what? Millhouse? Are we, re- like, why Why does Bart have to rescue Lisa from this? Like, Lisa can't go, oh, this is actually, like, up until, you know, Lisa was going to go to Yale, Matt. Mm-hmm. Lisa's a real, a incredibly smart person, has this ambition, has goals in life, but now she doesn't have a scholarship to Yale, so suddenly she's just like, oh yeah, this tremendous idiot Millhouse is telling me all these things, and now it works? Why? Why can't Lisa be smarter? Why is it about Bart have to rescue her like with like a hover car? Why is Lisa like this damsel? Like, I don't like to, like... Because she's in an emotionally vulnerable state after losing her scholarship to Yale, I guess, is what they're trying to get across. Okay. I just, like, and it makes Millhouse this, again, cynical. It makes Millhouse a monster. And it's not, it's nothing to do, like, why, so Millhouse, 
And it also acts like Milhouse knows this future. Like Milhouse, why would Milhouse think that he is like this second, like this pathetic, like, oh yeah, I know we're going to have a terrible future together, but I'm so desperate and selfish that I'm going to drag you along with me. Wouldn't he think that, oh, maybe I'll have an okay life. None of this makes any sense. So Bart rescues Lisa and this episode here, this is what I wrote, Matt. This episode mercifully ends. That's what I labeled this clip. I'm not taking the scholarship. You're the one who deserves to go to Yale. Oh, that's so noble. But what about Jenna? Hey, I'm waiting till I find a girl who likes me for me. And you will, at the age of 83. You die one minute later. And my brain is put in a... Pauper's grave. Well, Bart, I really appreciate what you're going to do for me. Hmm. But what happens to our parents? Marge, I thought you'd never take me back after what I did to Krusty. You mean get beaten up by him? Exactly. And I'll admit, it is kind of romantic under the sea. You don't know the half of it. (laughs) Why are they together again? Because Homer really loves Marge. Why? Once again, that's, that's what this comes to. Okay, okay. Um, Again, cynical. Bart finds love at 83 and then dies. You're like, oh, that's a really depressing ending. Why on earth would you tell us that? I don't find that funny. I'm sure people nope. do. I don't like this. I, I, I want optimistic. If you're going to have some cynicism there, you got to earn it. They don't earn anything in this episode. They just, Things are just happening. There's no reason. Like, why on earth would... So Bart is going to go, oh, I'm going to go to Yale? Why does Bart want to go to Yale? He doesn't even know. Like, there's no reason for any of this crap. Uh, Like, in Lisa's wedding, I know, I know what the stakes are. I know why everyone... And it's really, really simple. Again, simple. Lisa is torn between her family, her love of her family, and the fact that she is the outlier. She is the the smart one. She's the one who is able to to move up and, and beyond if she wants to. And the, the episode is so powerful is because Lisa chooses to say to Hugh, uh, the man she loves, and we see that growth, we see that love, we see them have time together and build a relationship. Lisa goes, no. My family is more important. I can't cut them out of my life. Even if they are sometimes embarrassing, even if sometimes they're stupid, they're my family. I love them and they they love me. They support me and they have supported me my entire life and they understand all of these things. And so, no, Hugh, I can't marry you if that's what our life's going to be. And it, it reaffirms everything we believe and everything we know about Lisa and the fact that she is this smart person, but she's also empathetic and caring and isn't a some cold, calculating monster. She loves her family. She wants to stay with her family. What is this episode reinforcing? Oh, Bart loves Lisa, and he's going to give her a Yale scholarship and make sure she goes forward. But why everything leading up to that is all contrived? They don't build to that moment to make it any, mean any any make any kind of sense. There is a post credit scene, Matt. Oh uh, yeah, where we haven't even talked about this. I just kind of lumped it under, oh, they just decide that everything in this episode is just magic, so they have whatever they want. But Bart watches, like, it turns, like, this time, this time, the future telling machine is like a television? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that that post-credit scene. Where Bart watches, Bart watches Vice President Cletus. And then, but he's also, like, earlier in this episode, I want to, like, point out that he, 
there are like these multiple choice options where instead of seeing instead of seeing Bart and Lisa's future, they could watch other futures. And like one of them is King and Kodos invade, and uh, a lot of other more. There, I I believe Lenny. One is called Lenny's Super Pet, where Lenny has adopted crypto apparently from Superman. Mm-hmm. Apparently, anything can happen in the future, Robbie. Magic. I mean, no. I'm going to hear, Matt. I'm going to directly refute your statement. No, not everything can happen in the future. Oh, but dogs, Robbie, that's what the, the Simpson writers told me. Dogs will not fly in the future. I'm sorry. I just want... Okay. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, Matt. I don't like this episode. I, I. It's baffling. It's insane. It's just craziness for 20 minutes. And, like, they try and make it all grounded and stuff. And I'm just like, I don't care about any of these people. Like you're, I'm so distracted. Like it's just over and over again, crazy stuff flying at the screen, and I can never. There's never a moment for me to attach myself to Bart and Lisa's predicament, where I'm like, so Lisa lost her scholarship, and that's the end of her life. There's other colleges. Like I don't understand this. Like it's not all or nothing. This is not real life. There. This is not the the. I okay. I'm not gonna yell. I'm not gonna yell. We're gonna not, calmly discuss how bad this is. This is a very bad episode, Matt. Um, anything you want to add? Oh, Robbie, is this episode broken? We will rank this episode at the end of the show. And yes, this episode absolutely is broken. No, you were right the first time with that quick fix idea. Let's see. Quick fix. Quick fix. Ah. Okay, Matt. Here, I'm going to... What I want to do is bomb this episode from orbit. Glass the planet. I never want to see this again. I hate it. But there's a, this is an easy fix. Now, it's an easy fix because I'm literally stealing it from Futurama. <laughs> oh, okay. But it's the what-if machine. Instead of a future machine, if instead of it's the future-telling machine, it's a what-if machine. Or you just have, like, uh, like I don't know. Like, you have to, I, I am just, I'm, I'm stuck on this, like, oh, this is the future we have. And I'm like, w- when you have this is there supposed to be an era of uncertainty around it and stuff like that? And there's all this crazy yeah, I mean, magical stuff. I get you could I, throw something into like, oh, you know, it's astrology, so it's not exact. Just have that line throw in there, and it makes it so much more. I mean, don't have Frank go on and on about how it's the one true future. Also, maybe I don't want it. I I don't know. I I th- take out the cynicism. Let there be some optimism in here. Let not everything be so bad. Like what we have. Smithers injecting himself to stay straight. We have Nelson abandoning his kids. Otto jumps off a cliff. Lenny and Carl are there for some reason. Apu's kids are all jerks. Like, Homer and Marge are separated and then get back together for no reason. Like, invest in the future. Invest in this future. Like, I have to believe that this is the future. That is your mission when you're writing this episode. I want to write a future. I have to believe in it. It has to be real and cohesive. If you're going to have fantastic, you can have fantastical stuff around the edges, but it has to be around the edges and it can't, it, it can't be the focus. It can't be just thrown in your face all the time. When I think about Lisa's wedding, I don't think about the fact that they're robots, human robot, like cyborgs in the, like that are serving Hugh. Is that realistic? No, not at all. But it's not a focal point. The focal point is Lisa and Hugh's relationship and Lisa's relationship with Homer and her family. There's not a lot of solutions that are basically magic. The solution is Lisa making a choice. 
And Bart makes a choice here to give Lisa her scholarship back, but it's not up to him even. Burns gave Bart the scholarship. Like, it doesn't make any sense. There's no, like, they, there's, so, it's all this contrived stuff. If you want to have a Bart choosing, like, to make sure that Lisa gets her future that she wants, you have to set up the episode entirely differently. Like, it feels like they just had this plot where, like, uh, throw it together, it's done. We're in the future. Fantasy, magic stuff happens. We don't want to work on this, so we just say that scientists invented magic. We don't want to have to think about real reality at all. What would actually happen in eight years? Yeah. And you're just like, oh, well, it seems lazy. Um, I fixed this episode. Like, I don't know. I don't want this episode. Like, this episode. Like, I don't know how to, like, make this plot work because this plot's crap. This plot doesn't make any sense. Like, it is, like why is Bart the thing that's going to submarine? Like, they have to have this contrived thing where Bart gets given Yale's the Yale scholarship. Like, why? Frankly, Matt, I find this more, episode more interesting if Lisa doesn't get a Yale scholarship and instead chooses a different path and uses her ingenuity to choose a different future. Like, because that's what Lisa would do. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. That's that's if I'm going to come up with a future. If I want here. Bart and Lisa as teenagers on the verge of graduation and they're graduating at the same time because Lisa is graduating a couple years early, which is not ridiculous. I think that's believable. And then deciding what their futures are. That's could be an interesting episode, but they make it so that they have to, one of them has to choose the other and stuff like that. And if you're going to do that, you have to have, I, I would like to see both of them here, Bart and Lisa, both are, or Lisa's going to go off to college and Bart doesn't have ambition. He doesn't know what he wants to do. He's kind of meandering and he loses his girlfriend because of it. I, I would argue that both of them should probably have They should. I think I don't want it one way or the other, have them both help each other to find their future after they graduate, have Bart help Lisa give her the guidance she needs and Lisa give Bart the guidance he needs, give them a happy ending. Or if you don't give them a happy ending, you just you cut to them back in the present day, and you and Lisa asks, and Lisa goes, uh, "Professor Frank, now that we've seen this happen, won't we both know that's it's coming and kind of subvert the future automatically? We can't help but to do it." And Frank be like, "Oh, yeah, you're probably right." And that's the episode. <laughs> like that's what I would. I don't know, Matt. What do you want? What do you want? Uh, that's that's as good as we can ask for. I think. I don't like it says Matt Selman came up with the idea of this because he asked himself what if people saw Bart and Lisa grow up as ugly teenagers and you're like okay this isn't about them being ugly teenagers though really there's not that's like ugly teenager being ugly teenagers is grounded and realistic there's so much of this that's just fluff and you're like Ugh. yeah it's like if you had them actually act like teenagers and have to deal with real teenage problems for the entire time then yeah it would be good but instead we have bart like clonking future snake on the head with a giant diamond you're like what, what is this this is scooby-doo like what is going on Ugh. Blech. all right matt we can move on it's time for comments from the news group okay here we are alt.nerd.obsessive Comments News Group is when I look through the nohomers.net forum. Let's see what people thought about the episode. I pull some reviews. Um, overwhelmingly loved it, Matt. 43% gave it a 5 out of 5. Wow. And then an additional 29, almost 29% gave it a 4 out of 5. 
So that's like that's basically twenty five percent. That's seventy five percent of the audience basically thought it was good to great. Here's some reviews. Amazing episode, five out of five. Animation was great. Homer and Marge's voices were less annoying than usual. iPod and cell phone jokes had me cracking up. Next review, five out of five. Great episode, in my opinion. Best in the past five seasons. Love the Bender cameo. The episode kept my attention the whole way through. It was very funny. Next review, five out of five. Greatest episode this season. I knew Frank would eventually hang himself. Did everyone catch the Bender cameo? Yeah, it was so subtle. How could you? It was so subtle, Matt. Did you you catch it? Uh Uh-huh. Next review, five out of five. Solid plot, solid plot, great jokes, and John DiMaggio's Bender, my favorite episode this season. Next review, five out of five. Great episode. Lots of funny jokes, like Wiggum offering Bart chicken, Bart proposing agenda. It was funny to me because they didn't even graduate, and he already wanted to get married. Bender in the car, Bart telling birds to give him the diamond and, th- other, and other things I can't remember. Uh, last review. By the end of the first act, I was thinking, yeah, I can see this being a lot of the same old look. It's the future jokes. By the end of the episode, I was totally into it. Truthfully, if Lisa's wedding, I guess, if Bart to the Future was never made, I might call this an all-time classic. Yeah, wacky and insane future jokes, but like Lisa's wedding, everything works when a strong plot is incorporated. Absolutely loved it. Great plot, charmingly written, and truly hilarious. Best of the season. I love DiMaggio guest starring as Bender. Five out of five. This I read all these reviews, man, and I think I have lost my mind. I'm like, am I has watching this much of the Simpsons <laughs> broken my brain? Because they're like, oh, it's a great plot. I'm like, there is no plot. It is a series of things happening because the plot dictates it. Characters should could should dictate the plot, not the other way around. The plot should not dictate how a character acts. It's just stringing a bunch of crap together that and the, the ending happens because the writers say so. Mm-hmm. Losing my mind. I, I think I'm losing my mind, man. That's what happens. That's what happens. Okay. But I can't. This is all of them. Like, I looked for bad reviews. There just weren't any. Everyone loved it. Loved. Loved it. And like you said, it's on the list of the best five future episodes uh, ever. And people consider this good. I I don't know what's going on. I feel like I have lost my mind. Um, Well, we can move on to the listener question of the week. Let's try one more number. Yellow. KBBL is going to give me something stupid. Well, hot dog, we have a wiener. Yellow. I'll ask you a question of this. The listener question of the week this week is, what is your favorite episode where Homer gets a different job? There's so many of them. Um, what a good variety of answers, too. I appreciate everyone who takes the time. Matt, take it away. All right. First up, from Ryan. I know most people will say Marge versus the monorail are going to move twice, but I'll go with Homer the Smithers. Homer's trying and failing repeatedly to do what Smithers does, while ultimately succeeding in making Mr. Burns independent. Also, he has 30 minutes to move his cube. <laughs> uh, from Benjamin, Deep Space Homer, it takes a far-fetched idea and focuses on the funny. Very true. Uh, from Lauren, and Maggie makes three by far. This episode has it all. It has the American dream of telling an old boss to take this job and, well, fill in the blank as you see fit. And it shows Homer's simple ambitions. He was incredibly happy working at a place many of us would not consider when we were in our 30s because of his love for the sport. To top it off, it shows his sacrifice for his family. He hates his job at the nuclear plant, but it offers more stability and money, I'm assuming. The ending, Do It For Her, is something most people can relate to, and OMG the feels. This is The Simpsons at its best. Very, very true. Uh, from Derek, I actually really like Guess Who's Coming to Criticize Dinner. I think Food Critic is one of those jobs that suits Homer to a T, and I like that when he veers on the side of the jerk ass in his critiques, it's due to being influenced by other critics rather than just being mean for the sake of it. Reminds me of how he's a jerk and Homer goes to college. He's violently swayed in these directions rather than being an inherently callous man. I think the episode is a standout in season 11. I know there's not a lot of love for it, though, so please don't ban me for this contentious opinion. We all have our guilty pleasures, don't we? Indeed. Uh, from Matt, I'm going to go with You Only Move Twice. The writing, character development jokes, and new setting all play a role that makes sense for Homer to leave the power plant. Ever seen a guy say goodbye to his shoe? <laughs> yes, once. 
Uh, from Tim, I'll have to go with what I believe is the best episode ever, Marge versus the Monorail. Plot features a shyster tricking Springfield on investing in a centralized public transit system it doesn't need, which of course resonates very well today on January 13th, 2021. Naturally, Lyle Langley doesn't give a about who runs the monorail as he is about to depart town with a huge sack of money so he picks homer who is predictably completely detached with what he has to do displays no competency yet is ultimately saved by a donut plus the episode features the guy sitting next to the other anymore who after hearing him queries does anybody want to switch seats with me which i mean you know i'm sure lots of people want to sit next to the other anymore uh, from Charles, I'll go with the only move twice. In addition to our greatest Bont villain, Hank Scorpio, we get to see Homer really shine. While he's a horrible groundwork, he proves to be really good at motivating, encouraging, and looking out for the technical experts assigned to his subordinates. However, despite this, in the end, he does what's best for his family and coincidentally the world. Though I always wonder why Marge didn't just homeschool Bart. For real. I mean, and keep Lisa in a hyperbaric chamber away from all the pollen. Uh, from Gun Griffin, you only move twice. Absolutely classic episode, and it's nice to see Homer being somewhat competent at his job with a procuring the uh, pro, uh, procuring the business hammocks and all uh from hoffa mayor to the mob hilarious ride from start to finish the song isn't even in guys and dolls do it for yoda as we serve our guests a soda do it for chewy and the ewoks and all the other puppets uh from andy bootlegger and homer versus the 18th amendment for as idiotic as homer can be he did rather well as a bootlegger plus you get one of his best quotes to alcohol the cause of and solution to all of life's problems uh, from at Bort ATX, you only live twice because tackling loafers and requisitioning business hammocks is a noble pursuit. Uh, from at L Columbia 88, Simpsons tied. The whole episode is full of quotes I use all the time, like you can't spell dishonorable without honorable. And it's my first day. Quack, quack, quack. From at Energy Turtle. Oh, it's easily the end by he makes three. It's the only job Homer truly loved. Who knew Homer could be a star employee? It was heartbreaking. We need to crawl back to the power plant. Uh, from at Upgar, Lisa's rival. In America, first you get the sugar, then you get the power. Then you get the women. And finally, from Yes, It's Aaron, I want to say New Kid on the Block because being nature's cruelest mistake is a full-time job, but I have to go with Marge versus the Monorail because he was the best mono-thinking guy there ever was. <laughs> Robbie, what's your response? Um, There's so many good answers. Um, It's very hard to pick one. It really is. Whew. I'm, I could, you know, depending on the day, I could pick a lot of different answers, but I'm going to pick Deep Space Homer. Largely because of one, yes, it does make this inc incredibly insane thing work where Homer becomes an astronaut, but it also reinforces in make in doing a plot about this crazy idea. What if we had Homer become an astronaut and go into space? It reinforces a very simple theme about his of Bart being proud of him, of of like being of trying to be something that your kids will look up to you know it is about homer trying to be a good dad and marrying those two things together is very it requires a lot of skill it requires a lot of work um and i don't i don't know it i i think about that a lot when i watch episodes like future drama where it is just thrown together and looks like crap uh matt what's your answer uh i'm actually uh, gonna go with uh who was it uh Oh, uh, Derek, uh, guess who's coming to criticize dinner? A uh, food critic is one of those things that Homer is eminently qualified to be uh, once he settles down. Uh, I also like uh, Derek pointed out that uh, Homer is only a jerk in this episode because of peer pressure. And I find that a really interesting uh, way to, you know, push Homer in that direction without having it just seem arbitrary like it does in so many of like those the you know the Scully years uh plus I think he would do really well as a uh a food critic I, I really appreciate it in the early episode when he's liking everything the whole town is like oh yes everything is wonderful now uh I just thought that was really cute next week's question what's your favorite time jump episode 
And this means flashback or fast or flash flash forward episode. Forward, back, whatever. Forward or back. You can choose whatever you want. I already know that most of the answers probably, but that's fine. I post this question on our Twitter. It's at Simpsons Show Pod. You can email us at SimpsonsShowPod at gmail.com. And you can answer on Patreon. I post the question on Patreon and you I post it publicly. So you don't have to support us to say it. Answer. We can move on to our next segment. It's time for the Google Show Challenge. I am too smart. I am too smart. S-M-R-T. I mean, S-M-A-R-R-T. The No Google Trivia Challenge is where Matt and I each challenge each other with three trivia questions. One easy, one medium, and one hard to try and stop the other. We are tied this season. Because Matt got all my questions right last week and made me very upset. That's what I get Sorry, for Robbie. Picking Sorry, but I know things. Oh, yeah, I know. All right, you ready for an easy question? I'm ready. Your questions are all from Bart to the Future. <laughs> of course they are. Yeah. You gotta stop picking the same episodes. I don't like this, man. No, what happens is yeah. you get all your points, and I get half, and then you win. All right, what's your your easy question? Where does Bart see the future? Uh, at a uh, Native American casino. That is that is correct. All right, your easy question in Bart to the Future: Who was the president before Lisa? Donald Trump. You are correct. Your medium question, Matt: What is the name of Nelson's restaurant in the future? Oh, what's the name of the restaurant? Mm-hmm. I honestly have no idea. Nelson's Crab Shack. Of course. His, uh, your he, calls it his, he calls it his club. I'm like, Nelson, yeah. that's not... No, it's right. a restaurant. It's a restaurant, man. You don't have a club. All right, go ahead. Yeah. All right, your meeting question. What ghost appears to Bart? Uh, Jimmy Carter's Billy Carter. You are correct. Billy Beer, everyone's favorite. <laughs> Your hard question, Matt. What post office box do you send to for Bart and Ralph Stape? Uh, five, six, seven, nine, six. <laughs> I have no idea. You're just like, it's five digits. Uh, yeah. P.O. Box 30452. Okay. All right. Uh, what are Bart and Ralph paid in for playing at Nelson's Club? Um, They're paid in fried shrimp. Uh, mm, uh, you're, technically, you are correct, so I'll give it to you. Okay, what's the popcorn. answer? Popcorn shrimp. Okay, I mean, I'll Which take are it. a type of fried shrimp, so technically you are correct. Popcorn shrimp. Where do you well, s- apparently Matt- I gotta start picking random episodes instead of okay. themed episodes. Well, Matt, I'm gonna ask you a very important question. Mm-hmm. Where do you stand on, fr- on popcorn shrimp? Are you pro or con? I love popcorn shrimp. I would eat it by a handful. Okay, now, secondary follow-up question. Popcorn chicken. Is it better or worse than popcorn chicken? I would say it's about the same. Uh, I, I really enjoy both. Um, popcorn popcorn chicken is superior in all ways to popcorn shrimp. I mean, they're both really, really good. I mean, to be fair, they are both just breading delivery methods. Yes, systems. that's true. Like, breading and spices. Yeah, I don't. Who cares about the? I know there's meat in there somewhere, but I just I dip it and then I get I get a dip, and then I get fry, I get crunchy breading with spice, and somewhere in there there's some like protein. But who cares? I have a five point lead. Uh, that's it. I'm, I feel good today. Thanks today. I'll feel bad next week because Matt probably take up. He'll he'll realize that he's in danger and he'll start like actually trying. And then, <laughs> Gurton Sarabi. That's usually how it goes. Uh huh. Um, we can move on to our next and final segment. Segment we had every single episode with. It's time for best episode ever. Best episode ever. Best episode ever is the part of the show where Matt and I rank the episodes categorically, watch them chronologically, eventually compiling a list of every episode ever and how good they are. <sighs> oh my god 
I know. We're definitely looking real low. Okay. Is this better or worse than Mommy Beerist? Which one's Mommy Beerist again? That's Mo and Marge start a pub. Oh, gosh. Um, it's very bad. That's quite the bad one. Uh, I think this is. I think this is better than Mommy Beerist. That's what I'll say. I think it's better than Mommy, Mommy Beerist. Is terrible. <sighs> yeah, Mommy Beerist is real, real bad. Um, right above that is Fat Man and Little Boy. Is it better or worse than Fat Man and Little Boy? Yeah. Hmm. That's Homer makes a nuclear reactor in the basement, and and then in stars <sighs> Goose Gladwell. Bart, I think Bart I think makes t-shirts. The, I think the t-shirt episode might be slightly better. Uh, I hate the whole uh, nuclear uh, reactor in the basement kind of thing. Uh, but at least Goose Gladwell is not like ridiculously crazy kind of thing. Mm, do you remember Goose Gladwell at all? I do, but like this episode is just dumb. Uh, so is that one. Um, They're both. Very Matt, don't I don't want you to talk about Fat Man and Little Boy like and give it a compliment. It does not deserve it. You should not be complimenting it, Fat Man and Little Boy. No, absolutely not. No, it's a very bad episode. Um, I think the I think again the Zifu came to dinner is like <laughs> it's it's like a stalwart here at the bottom where it's like no that's Zifu came to dinner. I think it's mostly just because Artie's in it and you're like oh yeah John Lovitz Artie's I like Artie in the Artie's fun. Um, even if it's just my memories of Artie, not really Artie in the episode, but I think as if it came to dinner is definitely better than future drama. Um, yeah, for sure. Fat man and little boy. You say fat man and little boy is better ever so slightly. Like this episode is just dumb and nothing important happens. I just, I'm going to say, I say future drama is better than, than fat man and little boy. Because Matt, you know what this episode has that that uh, Fat Man and Little Boy doesn't, or vice versa. Honestly, right. what Fat Man and Little Boy has that this episode doesn't have, Goose Gladwell in it. And frankly, that's for the benefit of this episode that there's no Goose Gladwell. That's true, and we don't see a future Goose Gladwell, and I'm I'm happy for that. So I'm willing to go along with that. I don't. There's there and I and at least there is the sheen of oh it's the future we can do this ridiculous things. Fat Man Little Boy is Homer building nuclear reactor in his basement and it's just presented at face value like yeah Homer can do that like how mm-hmm. why we don't care okay but that's still very low on this list. Um, future drama right below the Zifu came to do right above Fat Man and Little Boy new number three eleven on the list. Um, new number 120 on the post golden years ranking very bad episode um i don't i i that's when i like i start to doubt people who watch things i'm like how can you think that this episode is good at all like not even like they're like oh it has its it has its value i'm like i must be so out of touch of reality i must have gone crazy or i just want i know what i want and this isn't it Definitely true. We have one more thing to do, though, Matt. Okay. W- one more thing. And that is to determine if this episode should be shot out of the cannon. The cannon! The cannon! The cannon! The cannon! The cannon! If I had a time machine to go back and erase this episode from history, I would do it. So you're saying no to being part of the canon? Yeah, that's what I'm saying, Matt. I'm saying, like, yes. I- if- I'm, pretty, I'm pretty sure that in the future, they also 
a- completely ignore this. So yeah, good I I realize that it's I I I I want this episode to have never existed. I can't really erase it, but what I can do is fire the cannon. Goodbye, future drama. Forever. Goodbye. Mm-hmm. Um. <laughs> what, Robbie? I'm looking at our next episode, Matt. Um, oh, no. Our next episode is Don't Fear the Roofer. Oh, boy. Uh, with guest starring Ray Romano. I have seen this one, Matt. Uh, I bet you have. <laughs> the episode where uh, Homer has has and doesn't have a a imaginary friend <laughs> depending on where you Wait, look and how you ask yeah we're gonna what's uh well that's next time i'm excited about this one honestly right mm-hmm. i'm excited we get to everyone loves ray romano you, you see what i did there i i do okay I, I do see that okay good uh that's next time you can watch along with us don't fear the river uh you can find this list on our website it's the show.com has links to this li- has links to our twitter to our rss feed and link to our patreon if you want to help us out uh support the show we'd really appreciate you help pay for hosting uh help pay help keep the lights on all that stuff we we appreciate all the patrons uh you can also find this list in its entirety you can find me online on twitter at robbie dorman my website is robbiedorman.com has links to all the stuff i do all my other podcasts and links to purchase my horror novels my newest horror novel splatterfest is out now on amazon it's a slasher whodunit set at a horror film convention where the celebrities are being picked off one by one killed in ironic fashion uh it's great for fans oh, no of, great for fans of scream other slashers um you can like i said you can get it on amazon or free with kindle unlimited matt does not participate in social media you will not find him uh, that is true. All I can do is uh, point you to a, a wonderful source of kittens, uh, kitten turns uh, on Instagram, K-I-T-T-I-N-T-E-R-N-S. They are adorable, and very soon they will need uh, adopters. So, hey. There you go. So that's a good follow. I endorse that that uh, that follow on Instagram. Uh, that'll do it for us today. I'm Robbie. And I'm Matt. And keep watching the Simpsons, I guess. Shh.